Welcome to the Diabetics Doing Things podcast. We're back with new episodes in 2017, telling the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics across the world. I'm your host, Rob Howe, and if you'd like to get involved with Diabetics Doing Things, all you have to do is shoot me an email or reach out via Instagram. Today, my special guest is Emily Einblom. Hey there, everyone. So excited for you to check out our podcast. And uh, actually, Emily, I'm very uh, I'm sorry if I butchered your name there. Normally, I ask everybody how to, uh, how to how to pronounce, but this time I just slipped my mind. But you know what? It, it's not the first time. It's not the uh, the most obvious last name. Um, we say it emblem, but it's been pronounced every way you could imagine. So you're okay. just fine. Uh, so Emily, <laughs> no thanks, worries. thanks so much for coming on the show today. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to hear your story, and I'm really glad that we were able to make the time. Yeah, thanks so much for asking me. Um, we're excited to, you know, talk about my story. Um, you know, it's it's kind of an interesting one, so I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. Yeah, well, let's get started. So uh, yeah. kind of take us from day one and uh, kind of end up how we got to today. Okay, so um, I am a very unusual diagnosis story. I think that's the most interesting thing um, from my perspective about how I ended up with diabetes. Um, it seems like everyone has an interesting story, but mine's a little bit unusual. So I was diagnosed at 21, um, junior year of college, and uh, it was very unsuspecting uh, what happened to me. So um, fall of my junior year, I actually went to the dermatologist for like a yearly um, exam checkup sort of thing. And uh, I had a concern about this mark on my leg. It sort of looked like a bruise. And so I brought it up to the dermatologist. I said, hey, I have this mark on my ankle. Um, it's this kind of bruise looking thing, and it's been there for a while, and it's just not going away. It's not, it's not healing. It's not resolving itself. So she knew what it was right away. Um, she told me it was something called granuloma annular, a uh, big fancy name. Um, it basically is a mark that looks like a bruise, and it doesn't heal itself. And she said occasionally um, it can be linked to diabetes. So just as a precaution, we'll run some blood work on you and just rule it out just to be safe more or less. And she said, you don't have any any um, diabetes in your family, do you? And my, my grandmother had type 2, my uncle has type 2, but really the only type 1 link we have in my family is my dad's second cousin. So it would be my third cousin. Wow. And yeah, and she said, okay, well, you know, Oh, I'm sure you're fine, but let's just let's just rule it out. So um, she treated the spot, went away, fine. And uh, I got a phone call after I got my blood work done that my A1C was, I think it was at 5'8 at the time. Um, and my fasting blood sugar was elevated um, somewhere around, I think, 112. So uh, she recommended that I follow up with a PCP or an endo. So I uh, got a recommendation for an endo and went there. So we're talking months at this point. I think it was September when I went to the dermatologist and probably by, I want to say it was like November or December, finally, I, I ended up seeing the endo um, that was recommended. And uh, while I was on winter break, she ended up running extensive tests on me. Um, so the test that actually diagnosed me was an oral glucose test, what you get in pregnancy, um, non-diabetic pregnancy, I should say. So um, she ran that, I think it was December, January 6th, I went into her office and uh, she went over the results with us and said, you have type 1 diabetes. Um, I was there with my parents at the time and uh, I was kind of suspecting it just based on the lab results, um, you know, as a normal, healthy, quote unquote, 21 year old, I shouldn't have had elevated blood sugars, fasting blood sugars and an elevated A1C. So I had some time to process it and think about it. But um, the interesting thing she told me was, she diagnosed me in the honeymoon period, so I was still producing a decent amount of insulin. Um, she actually treated me like a type 2 diabetic um, when I was first diagnosed. So she didn't put me on insulin right away. I checked my blood sugar. Um, she did put me on Simulin, if I remember right, so I took that with meals. 
Um, and I went January through um, the first week of May uh, was when I needed insulin full time. So I went several months of almost like an introductory period of having type 1 diabetes, um, some time to adjust and, you know, get used to the lifestyle without being thrown into insulin right away, which was pretty unique. Well, you certainly uh, did not undersell your diagnosis story. Definitely one of the more <laughs> unique ones that I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And and talk a little bit about that time between uh, you mm-hmm. know, your initial like high uh, right. high blood sugar on your on your blood test and the time between uh, you know actual the actual diagnosis, yeah. the official diagnosis. Because I imagine you had some time to spend with Google and uh, just with your thoughts. Absolutely. And kind of what, what was going through your mind? Absolutely. Um. So. Yeah, it was several months. It was really September through January 6th was my diagnosis day. Um, You know, Google was my best friend. I was looking into it. It was interesting, though, because my best friend growing up had type 1 diabetes. Um, We were friends up until about middle school, and then we kind of parted ways. So I grew up with her and uh, knew a whole bunch about diabetes already um, going into it. So, you know, it's just more of educating yourself about, you know, what what would my day-to-day life look like? What are insulin pumps? How do they work? You know, I, I didn't even know what an insulin pump was or if you had to get a surgery to get one placed. Um, so just kind of learning the process of managing it daily. Um, and then, you know, you start looking into carbs. You know, what are carbs? How do you count carbs? You know, just really educating myself on what my life was going to look like if it was a possibility. Um, but it was a scary time because you're kind of in this limbo of, is it or isn't it? And if it isn't, then what is it? You know, why am I having these these concerns in my blood sugars if it's not diabetes or do I have pre-diabetes? And you start feeling as though, I started feeling as though, did I do something wrong? Because I wasn't even sure that I had type 1. I thought possibly I had type 2 diabetes, um, especially because, uh, you know, before you educate yourself, you always think everyone has type 2 diabetes. That's all you hear about. You assume that if you're older, um, you know, older than what, 18, it's probably type 2 diabetes, which is a misnomer. So, um, you know, just that whole period was very confusing and just a time where I was just educating myself uh, as much as I could to kind of prepare for the possibility of it. And that's that's really important because I think a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially, you know, depending on their diagnosis story, everyone's is a little bit different. I think obviously right. it's very unique, but uh, most people, I would say the majority of people spend some sort of time in the hospital. Right. Uh, but lately, I think especially more with adult diagnosis, I, uh, the people that I've talked to have mm-hmm. uh, often not even spent the night in the hospital, just sort of, been right. like, hey, you have a diagnosis, you're an adult, here's all the information that you need. Uh, here's right. the name of an endocrinologist, you'll be, uh, you know, able to, you know, get in contact with them with them here in, uh, you know, the short time. But right. uh, there's a lot of time spent on Google, there's a lot of time spent on, yes. you know, the different organizational websites, which are very important important. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, for now, it's it's like a, uh, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that more than half of the type 1 diagnosis, at least in the U.S. every year, are adults over the age of 18. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. You're, you're 100% right. Um, you know, it, I'm so fortunate that I didn't end up sick, that we kind of caught it in this fluky sort of way. Um, and I spent no time in the hospital. But at the same time, it was a sort of strange feeling um, to be just in the doctor's office, get this, you know, I had time to prepare that I had it, but get this big diagnosis and then just kind of be sent on your way. Um, there was no, you know, it, she she knew I had it. She kind of instructed me on what to do. But there was just this feeling of like this heaviness when you left the doctor's office of now what? Um, so that that was interesting in that way. It was nice to not be sick and not be in the hospital and have, you know, this huge shock. But it was also odd to just be sent home with it if you know what I mean. 
No, definitely. And I think especially mm-hmm. at, at your age, being 21, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of things that you're dealing with in your life at that time anyway, just right. being in college and just being, uh, right. you know, growing into an adult. Uh, how did you take that from there? I think uh, in January, obviously, probably on Christmas break at that point. But, right. Um, you know, right. As the semester began to start, uh, two or three weeks into your new diagnosis, and like you said, just taking uh, you know the oral dose at that time. Right. Uh, what, was um, that, what was that first six months like? It, it was it was strange. Um, so yeah, I, I just took the the Similin with meals. Um, my you know I was a junior, so I I knew all my classmates very well at that point. I knew my instructors and professors very well at that point. So I was most nervous about going back in and explaining what happened over break. Um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't scared. I wasn't embarrassed or anything like that. I just, you know, I was in, I was like confused on how to educate everyone. And, you know, while I was still trying to wrap my head around it, explain what was going on and how it might affect, you know, my, my class, my attendance, you know, things like that. So um, my instructors were phenomenal when I told them. I kind of first day of class just uh, stayed after and explained what would have happened. They all felt terrible, obviously. Um, And a lot of them actually asked really great questions. You know, they wanted to learn a little bit more, um, understand how they could help me or if I had to miss class, what they could do to, you know, assist me in making sure that I stayed up to up to par with what was going on. and I think, you know, they were fantastic. It was trying to explain to classmates actually what had happened and what was going on. Um, I didn't walk in and make some huge announcement. Hey, guess what happened to me over winter break? Um, so they all started seeing me checking my blood sugar and like taking snacks during, you know, certain parts of class. And slowly they kind of all uh, found out one by one what was going on. And they were very supportive, too. So I really appreciated all the support from my instructors down to the classmates. Everyone was great. Um, so, you know, I spent the rest of that year just kind of adjusting. I, I don't recall missing an extreme amount of days or class because of it. Um, I was still, you know, pretty healthy, not really even taking insulin at the time. So it didn't affect my attendance. Um, and I actually started to feel better. I remember noticing that because when I was diagnosed, it's hard to say, you know, you're asked all these questions. Are you more tired than normal? Are are you hungrier than normal? Are you, you know, feeling more sick than normal? And as a college student, you're exhausted and feeling all of those things anyway. Um, But soon enough, once I started taking care of myself and monitoring my blood sugar and eating better, I noticed that I did feel better. So I think actually during that time, I felt better than I had the previous semester, um, which was pretty interesting. So, you know, I finished out the semester. um, And then when I went back, it was, you know, the next semester in the fall was old news. Everyone kind of already knew the gist, which was pretty nice. Right. I think it's uh, it's always cool to see how everyone's friends respond. I think Mm -hmm. uh, in my case specifically, my mom didn't let me miss any school. I was diagnosed on New Year's Day. Uh, my, oh, my junior, uh, no, I guess sophomore year of high school, excuse me. And, okay. uh, so I got back to school. I spent like three days in the hospital and school started the next wow. day and she was like, well, you're going. So, uh, immediately, <laughs> you, you know, I, uh, was right. adjusting. And so they saw me testing my blood sugar and giving myself injections. Right. And so there were a lot of questions, but then after that, it was kind of just like, oh, well, Rob feels better now, I guess. So, uh, there right. it is. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It's it's nice to see how people kind of rally around you and and show support. No one showed judgment or made any you know discriminatory remarks towards me. Everyone was really great. So that that made me feel good because you are concerned as far as this new lifestyle goes, how people are going to accept it or not accept it, and to get that support was nice. Definitely, and I think um, you know as as we talk to people about you know 
what you're going to go through during a diagnosis or, you know, for anyone who's just recently diagnosed or going through those types of thoughts and feelings, I think it's really important to just Mm -hmm. send send that positive message of support from the community, uh, which has been something that I think everyone that I talk to has been so surprised by, especially people who have had diabetes for a longer period of time, especially in the last few years, that there's so many different outlets to reach out to people uh, for encouragement or just to get a conversation started with somebody who's going through the same things as you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're, we're so lucky to be in this day and age where we have, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all of these outlets and social media and, you know, just ways that we can connect with other people and, and not feel alone in this disease and have support of others um, all around the world, really. So I want to I want to shift gears as well to talk about uh, treatment, because I know specifically yeah. that you have, uh, you know, not just, a, you know, a, adopted the lifestyle of a type one diabetic and really been a leader in this community, but also, um, in the pump community. So talk a little bit about what kind of, how you treat your type one, and then tell us a little bit more about pump peels. Um, so I had a baby in October, so, um, I'm coming down from lots of hormones and all kinds of things, uh, as a result of the pregnancy. But, um, right now, how I treat myself is I use a Dexcom G5 and I use a tandem, um, T-Slim X2 pump. Um, and those are my two key management pieces, um, in my diabetes. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty obsessed with my Dexcom data, always analyzing it, um, making sure that I'm staying within a certain range. Uh, my personal range is 70 to 160. That's where I like to be. Um, so the combination of the two things seem to be really be working well for me at the moment. Um, in the past, I have done MDI multiple daily injections. Um, I actually did that for part of my pregnancy, Um, And then I switched when I was 15 weeks to an insulin pump just to make things a little easier. Uh, At the time, I was using the Animus pain. So uh, once I had the baby, I switched over to Tandem. I was out of warranty and looking for an update. So that's what I use right now. Um, Combination not only of just the pump, but I also like to run. So I'm getting back into running, um, exercise, and my blood sugar management. And and just making sure that I... I feel well and am healthy. You know, everyone, when you feel good and healthy, you feel better and your blood sugars are better as a result. So it's really important to me too. So um, when I was diagnosed in college, um, my now husband at the time, boyfriend, um, he was very impacted by all of this as well. We had been dating probably, gosh, I don't know, six, seven years at the time. <laughs> we, we started dating um, in the first year of high school. So we dated all through high school and we're dating into college and we were actually at the same college at the time. Um, you know, we're both educating ourselves on insulin pumps and all of this stuff that you're, you know, you're thrown into with a diagnosis. And uh, I was looking to get on the Omnipod at the time. So uh, we were Googling Omnipod insulin pumps and trying to find people on Facebook that were using it. And we noticed that um, everyone, but specifically kids, um, they were trying to make it look better, I guess. So kids were putting just like generic stickers on their insulin pumps, you know, like unicorns or, you know, rainbows or like a soccer ball or whatever. They were just putting it on their pump to decorate it. So we were both in some graphic design courses and I was studying graphics and multimedia, which includes marketing, printing, graphic design and photography. So we kind of pulled together our resources, um, grabbed a couple of professors and said, hey, we want to come up with something that is custom fit to this insulin pump. Um, This is what people are doing. We think we could do something better. And um, so we worked with our professors. We started with like a hard case. That was our first idea. We were going to do like a colored hard case, but that quickly got shot down. 
Um, so we came up with, you know, the concept of using like vinyl decals basically to cover the whole insulin pump. We, you know, cut it a certain way and did all these prototypes with it, sent it to Omnipod. Um, they actually turned us down and said, Hey, thanks, but no thanks. Um, you know, we're not interested at this time, but you know, go ahead go on your merry way. Just don't use our name or any parts of our name in your company because we were calling ourselves Omniskins at the time. So with the support of the Facebook community, um, we kind of said, hey, here's what's going on. Um, you know, Omnipod doesn't support our idea, but we know that you guys would like it and we would like to have it happen. And uh, the community was a little bit outraged that Omnipod didn't like the idea. So um, my husband... Not so, not so nicely. Um, Scott put out there the uh, rejection letter that we got back from Omnipod, the marketing manager, and uh, put his email on a public blog post and said, "Hey, if you want to make a change, here's so and so's email. Go ahead and email him and tell him this is important to you." Oh my gosh, that's so savage! I love it. I know <laughs> it was it was a little savage at the time, yeah. So, um, needless to say, this poor guy at Omnipod got. A ton of emails and phone calls and uh, people were not so friendly towards him about it. So he reached back out and said, hey, you know, we hear you. We, we realize this is important. You know, we you have our support. We're just not going to, you know, work with you exclusively, basically. Like they weren't going to stop us. They thought it was a nice idea, um, but they really just didn't want to be involved. So we pulled the community and said, hey, we need to come up with a new name. Um, we're just going to find a way to do this ourselves. Um, let's just make it happen. So we were driving back from New York City and we were talking about it. It was August before we went back to the next semester of school and we came up with pump peels and we polled everyone and said, do you like an S or a Z? That was the only question we asked and everyone said Z. So that was the birth of the pump peels name. Um, and then the next week we ran a pre-sale and uh, we sold, I think, a couple of hundred at the time, uh, printed them, shipped them out. And it was basically just like a hobby or a side project for us while we were in college. Um, just something fun that we like to do and kind of give back to the community. Um, so kind of to fast forward a little bit, we both graduated college, got jobs, all the while still kind of doing the pump peels thing on the side. Um, it kept growing while we were doing all of this, you know, not really thinking anything of it um, until it got to the point where it just was so much and so demanding that we both quit um, our jobs and we do it full time now. And um, we love it. It's it's so much fun to be involved in this community of people. They're the best community, not being biased. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the story of Pump Peels and how we got started. That is fantastic. I, I love that. I think it's uh, a great story as well, just like in general, like entrepreneurialism, like getting told, yeah. no, getting told no uh, right. by the prime, by, you know, the primary, uh, you know, big, big name in the industry, yep. I suppose, and like the primary output and uh, then the community rallying behind it and making it a real thing. That's fantastic. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. And it's like hard to believe that it's it, 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 it has happened the way it has. And this is what we do. And um, we're, we're really fortunate to work with such a great group of people all the time. So how long uh, how long has Pump Peel's been around now? Is uh, what are you guys? Uh, obviously, you have. Uh, you know, you were diagnosed with diabetes at 21 and now, you know, really this is right. part of your entire diabetes journey. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, I, we, I think officially did our pre-sale and like our first launch in 2012. So, um, it was just like, I think August, yeah, it was August of 2012. So it'll be, you know, five years coming up this year. Um, but 
yeah, it, it really has been part of my entire journey. I was diagnosed in 2010, and I think officially by the time we got everything rolling and, you know, made things happen, um, it took about two years to really kind of get to where we needed to be and make make it an official, quote-unquote, business at the time. Yeah, absolutely. That's just uh, that's mm-hmm. just so fantastic. And I see people all the time posting their, uh, you know, photos on Instagram, especially with their pump peels. Um, and really, you know, making those customized. And I think I, uh, to your point, you guys saw an awesome need. I've seen so many bedazzled pumps, um, yeah. just, just with, uh, your regular, you know, uh, stickers and they always fall off. And so I think it's really right. cool that, uh, there's a much better option and, uh, you know, being part of a bigger community. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think our best takeaway is, um, we've had parents reach out to us and say, um, you know, my, my kindergartner, my first grader, they got diagnosed with diabetes over the summer and they were scared about wearing their insulin pump back to school or, or you know, taking their Dexcom receiver into school. And, um, you know, they got pump heels. It made it a little easier because it was a little bit distracting, maybe. Um, and they took it into school and all of their friends thought it was so awesome that now they want insulin pumps. And so it becomes, you know, less of an insecurity and more of something that's a conversation and making them unique in a good way. How important is that for especially uh, kids who get diagnosed with diabetes to have something to be proud of? And, and, uh, you know, what does that do for, you know, somebody with diabetes who, uh, you know, was scared and turned that into a positive? I I think it's huge. You know, we we live with this burden every day, all day. Um, And so if you can take something that is so crucial into managing this disease and make it something that is, is cool and looks neat and makes people interested in it in a good way, instead of making it an insecurity or something that kids especially would be bullied about or teased about and to turn it into something that, Hey, these kids want, you know, diabetes, they really don't, but they think they do so that they can have this cool device. Um, you know, that's, that's the best part about what we do is hearing things like that and hearing how it makes, you know, changing the insulin pump or the Dexcom site easier for people or kids, because it's, um, you know, it's something more normal by, by decorating it and making it look less medical and more, you know, more of a, a personal, personalized item, I guess you could say. So now we now I got to ask the hard question, uh, which pump peels yeah. uh, do you wear on your, on your, uh, hardware? Yeah, um, right now I have kind of a matching set. I'm due to switch it out here. Um, I have our uh, design called Winter Flowers on my Tandem, my Dexcom, um, my OneTouch Vario meter, and on my little transmitter. So I've got the full set. I'm looking to switch out to one of our Valentine's Day designs here. i got to put a, an order in with the boss, <laughs> a.k.a. my husband. He puts the print orders in. Um, so I'll be switching out to one of our new designs here shortly. That's fantastic, and I think, uh, yeah, you you heard it here. You're you're switching out for Valentine's Day, so we, uh, you know, for that diabetic in your life, that's uh, that's a potential Valentine's Day gift out there, fellas. That's right. <laughs> exactly, it's very romantic. It is. <laughs> There's nothing more romantic than diabetes hardware. I think. The... That's right. That's right. It's it's funny though. We've had um we offer custom peels, so you could submit your own photos or your own designs, whatever you'd like. Um, and we've actually had several people, um, you know, give gifts of a personal pump heels. So, you know, a picture of, uh, the kids for, for the mom, um, you know, a a boyfriend giving a girlfriend, like, you know, a a picture of, you know, whatever their dog or whatever the case is. Um, it's actually nice. People do surprise other people with them and the custom options kind of cool in that way. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, anything that's going to, 
uh, you know, tie into that emotional appeal uh, to, you know, around something that's just like you said, we deal with every day. I think right. um, just the fact that someone is thinking of that and um, is, is really moving. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I want, I want to talk, uh, you know, stay on this sort of inspirational um, conversation topic that we're on right now. For somebody who uh, had a unique diagnosis and sort of a weird experience, um, you know, what would you tell mm-hmm. somebody who either was recently diagnosed or, you know, doesn't really know where to turn or uh, has, you know, has questions about, yeah. uh, you know, what their life's going to be like from here on out living with type 1? That's a great question. And I actually recently thought about this. Um, I did a post um, not too long ago, a few weeks back about just kind of a Q&A um, regarding type 1 diabetes and pregnancy. Having just gone through it, it's fresh in my brain. I wanted to answer some questions for um, women and, and men who are thinking about that in their future for themselves or for a significant other. So when I thought about that, um, I think one of the thoughts I had right away was, you know, I'm a 21-year-old girl at the time in a serious relationship, getting ready to graduate college or thinking about your future. I didn't know if I was even going to be able to have kids or not. Um, you know, you, you think steel magnolias and, and worst case scenario of diabetes and pregnancy. And I didn't know if it was a possibility. So um, I, my, um, my aunt's friend, my aunt, she's more like my sister. She's closer in age to me than my mom. Um, her daughter was recently diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Um, she's seven. And I've been communicating back and forth with her, just kind of educating her about different pumps and, you know, the lifestyle and stuff like that. And um, I think the the biggest thing I want, especially young girls and moms of girls that are diagnosed to know is they can do anything, you know, they can have a healthy pregnancy, they can have their own family someday. That's so important for people to realize and know that it's a possibility. It's not off the table. Um, I've heard stories of doctors telling patients and their parents that they shouldn't have babies in the future. That seems to be an outdated thing at this point. But, you know, people have been told that and they never researched it further to know that that's not true. Um, so that to me is important just because it's something I've just gone through. But I think the best thing that I would tell someone, just anyone, not not girls or parents of girls, is that um, diabetes has actually made me healthier, I think. Um before diabetes, I was, you know, a terrible college student eating, you know, eating bad foods. I, I was never much of a drinker, so I wasn't really in the party scene. Um, but, you know, not resting enough, um, not exercising enough, any of those things. So it has really encouraged me. And I think it encourages most people um, to drive, you know, drive yourself to take better care of yourself. Um, I never ran before diabetes, but now I, you know, as of a couple years ago, I bet I think like three years ago, I started running. Um, you know, just eating healthier and making sure I'm taking care of myself because it's more important than ever um, now that I have a baby to take good care of myself and make sure I live a long, healthy, happy life. Um, So it can actually be the force you need in your life to take good care of yourself um, and to live a healthier life as a result of having diabetes. Um, So that's my, my takeaway. I think that it can be an encouraging force in your life and it's, it, it can change your life for the better. Um, you know, I wouldn't have ended up with pump peels or, you know, a healthier lifestyle if I wasn't diagnosed with diabetes. Yeah, I think that's such a huge piece of it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it it opens you up to this whole new world and like this. Right. And I think for kids, it it forces you to grow up really fast. But that's not always a yeah. bad thing. I think I've been really impressed with some of the young diabetics that I've met and 
Um, even more inspired by, I think one of my most downloaded podcast episodes is Diabetics Doing Motherhood and just kind of putting, wow. putting yeah. down some of those really old, outdated um, yes. predispositions uh, and, and misnomers about having a, having a baby while you have diabetes. And right. I, the more posts I see from diabetic mothers, it seems like I just need to do a podcast roundtable with, uh, you know, a, a group of diabetic moms and just to talk about because it's so brave and and, um, and really just opens you up to a whole new world of how you have to think about not only another person growing inside you, which is a miracle in itself, but also right. managing your diabetes and then, you know, thinking about the future with, uh, you know, the potential of your, you know, starting a family and continuing on that legacy. Right. I think that would be so important. And I think that would be wildly popular. Um, it's, it's a topic in the community that's always being discussed. So that sounds like a great idea to me. So what's, what's next for you and what's next for pump peels? And, um, yeah, you know, if, uh, and obviously like you, you're starting in a whole, a whole new chapter, um, right. you know, with your, with your family, um, right? you know, what are you, what are you hopeful for? What are you, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to so much. Um, this year, as far as just to get pump peels off the table, um, we have a lot of really cool, exciting things in store. We're looking to kind of um, expand into other industries, not just diabetes. Um, we've had some requests for hearing aids and um, certain like asthma uh, inhalers, other products that we would like to expand into. So we're looking for some big growth in 2017. Um, and we're also looking forward to going to the CWD uh, Friends for Life conference in Orlando in July. We love that. So um, those are some of the things we're excited about this year. And looking forward, um, I'm just looking forward to, you know, right now in Pittsburgh, it's cold. So I'm looking forward to getting back outside and enjoying, you know, running in some decent weather again. Um, and just really continuing. I've had such good momentum um, the last year while I was pregnant and taking care of myself. My A1C was anywhere from, I think the highest it was, was 5'5", five, five, um, but it hovered around 5'1". Um, so my goal this year is to really continue to take such good care of myself, not let myself fall off the, the bandwagon at all with my care, um, because it's more important now than ever um, to make sure that I'm good in good health and taking care of myself. Um, so just keep up that momentum, you know, make sure that I'm on top of my diabetes game. And we're looking forward to just connecting with more people this year. So this podcast was an awesome start to kind of uh you know, just interact with other people and make sure that we are in the community as much as we can be. Well, I can't wait to see what you guys are going to do both uh, from on a personal standpoint as well as pump peels. And in, in the uh, spirit of connecting with more people, uh, for those of you who have not already connected with uh, with you and with pump peels, how do they find you? What, uh, you know, yeah. where, where can they find you on online as well as in social media? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, we're pump peels everywhere. So um, Instagram is one of our favorite platforms. Love it. Um, so we're just at pump peels, P U M P P E E L Z. Um, and same on Facebook and Twitter, all the same. So just search pump peels anywhere you go. Um, we're new to Snapchat. We're trying it out. We're a little late on the Snapchat game, but we're trying. Um, and as far as I go, I have my own personal account. So it's just my name, Emily Emblem. Um, I-M-B-L-U-M and uh, you can see lots of photos of the baby mainly <laughs> that seems to be what I'm sharing the most of these days but uh, we'll start branching out here soon once the weather gets a little nicer and we're out of the house a bit more thanks so much for coming on the show today I really appreciate it and I think uh, you know obviously I'm really pumped to, to get the episode out and to uh, kind of hear everybody's response and I wish you the best with Pump Peels in 2017 and can't wait to uh, I might potentially be at that CWD conference as well so can't wait to run across you in person that sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
Thanks for listening to Diabetics Doing Things. Subscribe to our newsletter for weekly emails and behind-the-scenes content. And if you or someone you know has an amazing story to share, send an email to rob at diabeticsdoingthings.com.